Welcome to Is It Worth It, the self-worth podcast where we explore how different areas of our life affect our self-worth and how to build and maintain our sense of self-worth. My name is Roshni and I am a self-worth life coach. I help my clients discover their worth so they can stop holding back and start taking control of their lives full force. You can find my other free content under the name Betty Grew Up, that's B-E-T-I Grew Up, on Instagram and YouTube, and you can sign up for my free newsletter at BettyGrewUp.com. Hope you enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode So this week I'm talking about self-worth in relationships because this is such a broad topic. If there's any specific details or any questions that you have or anything that you want me to delve into a little bit further, uh, send me a DM on Instagram. I am at Betty Grew Up. That's B-E-T-I Grew Up. And let me know what you want me to talk about more or in more detail. And I will definitely do that in the future. But to start off this episode, I was actually reading an article in Psych Central, and it was written by Darlene Lancer. And what she wrote was that personal self-esteem prior to a relationship can actually benefit and create higher levels of satisfaction within the relationship. And something else that was really interesting that I found was that humans evaluate things and determine when another person is worth their time and energy. So this makes sense, right? But What's really interesting is that you basically look for a match. While we all want to think that, you know, of course we want relationships to go well, of course we want someone that treats us well, but if you don't feel that way about yourself, if you're not treating yourself well, if you don't have great habits or value yourself, then you're going to find someone else that reflects that back to you. So even in a toxic relationship or a negative relationship, there's something there that kind of clicks and says, okay, yes, this is something that reflects what I know to be true. And there's kind of, you know, that idea that psychologists talk about all the time as well is that we're not always looking for, you know, this perfect relationship. A lot of the times we're looking to replicate what is familiar because what's familiar is the easiest for us to manage and understand. So if you grew up and you obviously knew that you didn't have the best home life, but there are patterns there that you got used to, you will most likely find those same patterns and recreate those ideas through your current relationships and through your romantic relationships later on in life. So again, even though we all want to say that, of course, we want like our perfect dream um, person or partner, we're more likely to find something that's just familiar rather than what is, you know, objectively good. And that's why I wanted to talk about this, because when you value yourself and you build and develop and maintain that high sense of self-worth that I'm always talking about, you are able to attract better things in your life. You will literally kind of become like a magnetic force that draws things that are on that same frequency towards you, and you will be able to tell more easily and kind of distance yourself from behaviors and values and people that don't reflect that high sense of self-worth and that high level of kind of value and positivity that you see yourself in. 
instead of finding the perfect person, focus on being the best partner. So of course, none of us are perfect, but we all have these ideas of what we want. And it can start off in a really superficial way, whether it's, you know, blue eyes or brown hair or you know, a certain kind of build or a certain kind of height or a certain type of degree or certification or whatever we're looking for. We have all these kind of superficial ideas of what we want, but it's so important to work on yourself and develop who you are, even though like when you're thinking about relationships, the last thing you want to think about is, you know, being single for longer or working on yourself or doing all this, you know, hard work. But at the same time, it is so important because the more work that you do on yourself, the higher quality of person you're going to be able to find and connect with. Say you did find that perfect person, right? Like they have blue eyes and brown hair and they're a doctor and they are like six, five, and they are everything that you would ever want in a person, whatever. But if you haven't worked on yourself and if you aren't comfortable in who you are, your level of satisfaction in that relationship could be lower or even worse, you could end up losing that person and you could feel so confused and so shocked because that was the perfect person. That's exactly what you were looking for. It should have worked. But the thing is, you can find the perfect person, but if you're not the best partner, if you're not ready to own up to your mistakes and treat them with the high value and take care of them and also respect yourself and take care of your own boundaries in a relationship, that relationship could fall apart and that perfect person could walk away. And it's not because of who they were. It's because of not doing that self-work and not developing that sense of self-worth that you should develop before you know getting into a relationship. And you want to make sure that you hold up your end of the bargain in this process. And that's the thing too, it's like in society, especially with things like Tinder and other dating apps, like we're so used to just focusing and judging the outside or judging these superficial things. And we make this whole game out of just getting someone, right? Like getting someone to give you attention or, you know, entering that relationship with a person like that has become the focus for so many of us. And the thing is like getting someone to date you is the easy part. The hard part is having them stay with you. It's developing a relationship. It's getting through all the difficult times. And even if like you're not fighting on a daily basis or even if things between the two of you are like smooth, life still gets difficult, right? Like you can lose a job or you can, you know, have something going on with your family. You could have a health crisis. Like there's so many things in life that are out of your control that could end up going wrong and it's not to say that you should base your life around that but it's just to say that life gets difficult and you need to make sure that in your relationship you can handle those curveballs and you can kind of get through those major humps because of the foundation that you've built with one another and you can't do that if you are just focusing on who it should be and what they should look like and all these different things you have to focus on okay what am I going to act like when things get difficult and of course not all of this can be done in, in advance a lot of it is obviously when you're in the relationship you have to be willing to you know put yourself out there you have to be willing to like take an L you have to be willing to realize that you messed up and come back to someone and apologize to them and not have that be the end of your ego and not have you know 
and not emphasize being right as like the most important thing. Like there's a lot of those things that come up in a relationship, whether it's fighting with each other and how you handle that, or whether it's, you know, managing the trust that you have between each other and managing your communication style. And all of that is actually the hard part of being in a relationship. And a lot of it is going to happen when you're in the relationship. So you have to realize when it's up to you to rise to the occasion and to deal with those things. But if you have no experience in personal growth or no experience in self-worth beforehand, then how are you going to rise to the occasion and challenge yourself and put your ego aside and do all these things that are really difficult to do when you feel like you're scared of losing someone that really means a lot to you? Do you know what I'm saying? So you do have to build the foundation of your own ability to call yourself out and not have like the most fragile ego in the world because it's going to take that strength to be able to get through hurdles in a relationship. Okay, so talking about getting into a relationship, a lot of people might experience desperation. So whether that is feeling like you might be desperate or coming across people that are desperate, there's a level in all of us that kind of associate desperation with a low sense of self-worth. And again, that goes back to humans evaluating things and determining whether someone is worth their time and energy, right? So the idea of desperation comes from that craving of love and attention. And When you are desperate for love or you're desperate for a relationship, it kind of causes you to sacrifice your own wants and your own needs, your own beliefs, your time, your energy, your personal space, all because you need love. And as I've mentioned before on this podcast, you know, the deepest human needs are to be loved, to be seen, and to be accepted as you are. And so when you are desperate for something, you are often, you know, craving that love and attention. But what is so interesting about the idea of craving attention is that just because you crave attention or just because you crave love doesn't mean that it has to be a positive type of love and attention. So say you're a child and, you know, you get absolutely no attention from your parents. They don't really care about what you're doing or who you're with and not even in like an overly protective way, but they just literally could not care less about you, about your interests. As a child, that hurts, right? But if you are acting out and you're getting in trouble or you're having your teacher, you know, call your parents and tell them that they basically need to pay attention to you because of this trouble that you've gotten into, or even when you're older as a juvenile and you are getting arrested or just doing all these wild things that are cries for attention, you are achieving your goal of getting attention through these negative ways, right? Like you have to act out and put yourself out there in a bad way to be able to get that attention that you're looking for. And as adults, we don't necessarily look for the most positive thing or, you know, the most logic logical or objectively good thing, we look for what is most familiar to us. So if you had to put yourself out there and, you know, do these negative things for attention, then that's most likely what's going to be familiar to you. So when you're in this kind of deep sense of desperation and you're getting lost in that, you don't really care what quality of love or attention you're getting. You just want love and attention, period. So even if that's negative attention or someone trying to control you or someone not being that great to you, they're still doing that to you you're still a focus of someone's attention and while it you know sounds really toxic and it sounds simple to say well just don't think that way it's a lot 
more deeply rooted for us than that. So when you're blinded by that need for love or for that need for attention, again, you're willing to sacrifice all these things that would ordinarily be important to you because everything else is kind of dwindles down in comparison to that overarching need for love. And that's why it's so important to build up your self-worth and to create and build your self-beliefs because they are everything, your mindset, your self-worth. It becomes everything and the foundation for what kind of relationships you're willing to let yourself, you know, get into. And you really do need to build this up because it's a very vulnerable place that you're letting someone into, right? Like a romantic relationship is pretty much inherently more vulnerable than any sort of friendship and pretty much the most vulnerable relationship you're going to get into outside of like maybe having kids or something like that and so because of that it's so so important to do that self-work and become that perfect partner and in a second I'm actually going to talk about some tips to kind of deal with that sense of desperation and build yourself back up from that sense of desperation but what I wanted to touch on quickly before that is Um, relationship red flags and green flags. So you've probably heard about red flags in a relationship and these can be, you know, just signs or little hints that someone might not be someone that you should fully trust or might not be someone that you should fully get into a relationship with. But something that you might not have heard of is relationship green flag. These are basically good signs. These are signs that this is someone that you should trust. This is someone that you could let in. And again, it's always about being alert. Someone could be perfect on the first one, two, you know, three dates, but then it's still important to just kind of keep your eyes and ears out for anything that could be a red flag down the line. So just because, you know, you you find a lot of green flags, you can move forward with the relationship, but just always be a little bit alert of, you know, anything that could be wrong or could be kind of questionable. But um, I just wanted to run through some of these. And again, if you want me to dive in deeper or make a full episode on this, just let me know through Instagram. Okay, so starting with relationship red flags, um, it could be things like constantly texting you, constantly trying to control you, getting jealous of things like alone time or assuming that you're cheating if you are with anyone else, um, losing their temper or having general anger issues, destroying their property, destroying your property, punching like a wall or just kind of showing like these outward bursts of anger and aggression, um, guilt tripping you about spending time with family and friends embarrassing you in front of family or friends or just embarrassing you when the two of you are alone um telling you how you feel so gaslighting you manipulating you um forcing sexual activity on you um making you feel like you don't have a right to say no or to stand up for yourself or to create boundaries for yourself disrespecting you in general scaring you by yelling kicking spitting breaking things, um, you know, finding a way to um, control money or decide how it should be spent. These are all major red flags that you should not, that you should be very, very wary of. And, you know, if you see these things coming up, this is probably not the person for you. And don't try and be that person that like wants to change someone. Like when you're in that mindset of wanting to change someone, you are still kind of reflecting that low sense of self worth 
to some extent. Like you can say, oh, I'm a great person. I can make them a great person too. But if you really believed that you were a great person, then why do you have to go through the time and energy and emotional burden of changing someone else and you know just on a side note I truly do believe people can change but I don't think someone can change another person people can only truly change if they want to change themselves whether it's you know addiction or just toxic behaviors or whatever those things can be mended and people can turn can do complete 180s but again it's not going to be for someone else or because of someone else it has to be for themselves that's how it always is someone has to get sick of themselves and their negativity and their toxicity in order to truly change so don't be that person that's saying oh i can make them you know I can make them a better person and blah, blah, blah. Like, no, it's not It's not worth it. And you also have no guarantee on how that's going to happen, on when that's going to happen. And the amount of energy and emotional energy and all of that that you have to put into that person. And not only do you have to put that into that person, but you're taking that same energy away from yourself. So it's never going to be worth it because not only are you kind of making them almost like your guinea pig but you are stagnating your own growth for someone else's growth to have them catch up to you and that's what's not worth it but the last red flag that i want to talk about is called love bombing so what love bombing is is it's kind of similar to the idea of someone sweeping you off your feet and in some connotations it could be taken as romantic but love bombing an example of it is basically you know buying you extravagant gifts all the time and making you feel so overwhelmed by like these displays of affection that you don't feel like you can say no and that things sometimes feel like they're moving too quickly so if someone that you're dating calls you and says okay like um, meet me at you know this time we're like leaving on and like we're like leaving the country and blah 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 and you say okay but I actually have plans like I really want to do that it sounds romantic but I can't do that this weekend I had no heads up and now you're just expecting me to be there and be gone for four days like I can't do that if you can't say no then that's when it becomes love bombing like of course your partner can surprise you but you should have the option to say no or they should at least consider you and consider your feelings and consider your needs But when someone is, you know, doing all these like outrageous like things that could be construed as like wonderful or romantic, but you have no control over that and they're the ones that are constantly in control of the relationship, that's what is dangerous. It's that loss of control that can really get to you over a long amount of time and then they kind of guilt you with that same idea. They say, oh, well, you know, I take take you on these vacations and I buy you these bags and gifts and other things. So now you now like you need to do what I'm saying and that's when it gets really dangerous everyone in a relationship should be on an equal footing on that note here are some relationship green flags so someone who honors your boundaries someone who has long-standing friendships because you know that they can be loyal and that they have people in their life that care about them and that know them Um, someone who has healthy hobbies someone who can communicate openly someone that supports your growth, whether it's uh, personal growth, financial growth, career growth, um, someone that practices self-care, someone that has empathy towards you and towards other people, someone who's able to be vulnerable with you, 
um, someone that is responsible for themselves and takes care of themselves, at least on a basic level, um, someone that trusts you and listens to you, someone that makes you feel safe, um, someone that makes you feel like the relationship can go at your pace, and someone that supports you having your own time, your own friends, your own hobbies. All these things are great signs when you are dating someone and thinking about getting into a relationship because it allows you to have that sense of agency within a relationship. Again, people should be on an equal footing within a relationship. And even if you choose to have different roles or even if you choose to have one person as the breadwinner and someone else as like, a homemaker, whatever the situation might be, you can have different roles, but as long as each party in the relationship has an equal say, that's what's important. All right, so now I'm going to talk about just a few tips that can help you stop being so desperate, basically. So the first thing is that you need to fall in love with yourself first, right? So you need to be able to understand why you're so valuable and understand what you can bring to the table and just understand what it is about you that's so great like when you truly love yourself and you're able to fall in love with yourself and I don't mean this in like a narcissistic way I just mean this in a way that you have simple confidence that you have self-worth that you know that you're great it doesn't mean that you don't need to change it doesn't mean that you don't make mistakes it doesn't mean that there aren't things that you still need to work on but it means that on a basic level you feel happy with yourself. You feel like there are things about yourself that you do love and that you do value. The second thing is to build friendships. So whether you have, you know, great friends in your life already or whether you are looking to make new friendships, it's really important to be able to, you know, have friends and be vulnerable with people and let them in. And again, like a romantic relationship is obviously going to be a different level of vulnerability than friendships, but if you can manage and navigate friendships then you're one step closer to you know being someone that can maintain and handle a very healthy relationship so in terms of friendships you know the reason that this is important is that it it gives you an opportunity to be happy for someone else it gives you an opportunity to be there for someone else it gives you a chance to open up to someone else and be someone dependable that someone else can open up to as well um, and again you know having long-standing friendships or at least having healthy friendships is a, a green flag for someone so if your perfect partner is you know looking at you that's a good sign on your part to have people in your life that you care about and that care about you and it kind of gives you some experience in just being vulnerable and being open with other people and letting them in and you know knowing what it means to genuinely care about another person and to kind of have that reciprocated in a relationship. The next thing that you can do to stop being so desperate is understanding who you are. So just getting to know yourself and knowing, you know, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are. Um, it is kind of on the lines of falling in love with yourself because you can only really fall in love with yourself if you know who you are. And you can only value yourself and have that high sense of intrinsic self-worth if you know who this person is. And if you want more details on this, I actually created a video on this called Six Ways to Get to Know Yourself. So I recommend watching that um, just to get more details and journaling prompts as well well on how to develop that and get to understand yourself you can make it easier for 
someone else to get to know you when you know yourself. The next thing is definitely easier said than done, but it is healing from past trauma. And of course, this is really important when you're in that kind of stage of feeling that level of desperation, because again, when we talk about the familiarity or that need for attention or that need for love, you do need to dig down deep and see where that's coming from. Again, like I said, it's easier said than done, but it's so important to heal those wounds that you have. And it's possible. So many people think that, you know, you just, if you're a person who's in pain or if you're a person who's negative about, you know, life or whatever, that that is just how life is. And that's just who you are. But those things can be changed. And I've been through that. Like I've been that person that hated myself and didn't really care about things. And, you know, was in that really negative mind space. But if I went from that person to being who I am right now, like a lot had to happen, but it's still possible. I have a video on this as well. It's called You Won't Heal Until You Feel. And I talk about, you know, some more of my personal story and that and why it is so important to feel these deeper emotions and to, you know, you you are going to have to feel the pain that you have been avoiding and repressing and pushing down in order to get through it. Like feelings are meant to be felt. That's why they're feelings. And when you push them down or you push them away, you are just pausing your healing and your ability to get through it but it's still there it doesn't go away just because you push it down it just morphs into something even worse and like I mentioned you know therapy is a great great tool for this Um, and if you are in an area where therapy isn't accessible I know right now with COVID and everything crazy um, you might be looking for a way to do therapy online or through your phone and this isn't sponsored but something that I have um had experience with is called Talkspace. So it's basically an app. You can send text messages or voice messages to a therapist. And I used it for about three months. They are far more affordable than, you know, a a regular therapist. And, you know, I've been in regular therapy as well. And I've tried the Talkspace app and they both have, you know, their pros and cons. Um, But with Talkspace, you are getting a certified licensed therapist. All of their information is published and you can, you know, see it or look into it if you want to. With regular therapists, you know, you see them for about an hour every two or three weeks and then you book another session. But in that in between time, you don't really have anyone to talk to or, you know, when things flare up, it can be really difficult to, you know, just hold that in until you until your next appointment. Whereas with Talkspace, if things are really going bad or you're having a bad day or you got triggered by something, you can send that in a text or send that in a voice memo to the Talkspace therapists and you're able to deal with it more quickly. Um, and that's one thing that I really did appreciate appreciate about the app. So if you're worried about the cost of therapy or the accessibility of it in your area, I would highly recommend checking that out. Um, but along with going to therapy and understanding your past trauma, it's important to understand your triggers as well. And this naturally kind of becomes an evolution of dealing with your trauma. But when you are triggered by something, you can help your partner understand it if you understand it yourself. And of course, while you're having a panic attack, it's going to be difficult to explain things. But when you are ready to have that conversation, you can sit down with the person and say, look, it, you know, is usually things like this that trigger me. It doesn't even have to be something that that person did. It could be something that happened at work or something that you saw in public or whatever it is. But 
when you are able to understand your triggers and where they come from, it makes it easier to help someone else help you. So something else that can also help you stop being so desperate is when you start to build boundaries when they're needed with family, with friends, with work. And the reason that this is important is that, you know, again, when you're feeling that sense of desperation, you are willing to sacrifice yourself and your time and your personal needs for other things because you feel like that sacrifice is what's going to make you validated. And when you start getting into that headspace, you are willing to do so much for other people at the expense of yourself. And that is literally exactly what boundaries are for. And I remember, you know, being at a time in my life where I thought boundaries were ridiculous because I just, again, wanted that love and attention and I wanted other people to care about me. So I felt like, okay, you know, I'll just be that person that everyone can depend on and I'll just be kind of that pushover that will do things for other people. And the thing is, it doesn't make anyone else see you as more valuable. A lot of the times it just makes them think that they can push you around or disrespect you. And you end up making yourself feel so much worse because again, you're neglecting yourself and your own needs over and over and over. Another thing about boundaries is that Brene Brown actually says that you can only truly be generous if you have boundaries. So if you really do love the people in your life, if you really do love your friends and you want to be dependable and you want to be able to do things for them, then make sure that you have those boundaries in place so that you can be generous and that, you know, when you're starting to feel yourself get depleted, that you have that boundary in place or that you're able to be strong enough to state that boundary to someone else so that you can preserve yourself and work on yourself and fill that cup back up so that you can give back to other people again. And having boundaries isn't selfish because it really is ultimately about how you treat people later. If you feel your cup getting more and more and more depleted and you have nothing to give and you are short-tempered and you are angry and you are acting out, then that's not who you are and that's not what the people in your life that you love deserve. They don't deserve that side of you. So it's not selfish to do these things and to focus on yourself from time to time. It's actually the best thing that you can do for other people in your life. And when you're comfortable setting boundaries, that's going to make you feel and come across as a lot less desperate. So a lot of that was kind of the difficult side of healing and the difficult side of self-work. And again, self-work and personal growth, like this stuff is not always fun. It's called self-work for a reason it can be really really difficult you know but there are some positive sides to it and some fun aspects to it as well and one of those is actually starting hobbies and doing things that you find are fun and kind of diving into your interests and again with us being at home this is a great time for that right now but starting hobbies and watching yourself grow and watching yourself evolve and pushing yourself it again reinstigates that relationship that you have with yourself it helps you fall in love with yourself it helps you understand who you are because you understand what you enjoy and what you don't enjoy and what you like spending your time doing and another good side of this is that you know say that like your favorite hobby is water polo and you love playing that every Wednesday at seven o'clock or whatever it is, that's something that you can maintain and do for yourself when you are in a relationship. So even when you are in a relationship, it's important to remember to do things that are just for you and to keep practicing that self-care and to have that boundary around things that are important for you and are just for you so that you can maintain that healthy relationship with yourself which in turn is going to translate to a better relationship with your partner so starting hobbies and doing things that you find are fun um, is another great way to 
stop being desperate because you're allowing yourself to let loose and you're showing yourself through that time and effort and energy that you are spending on those hobbies that you're worth it, that you're worth that fun, that you are worth putting other things aside to just do something nice for yourself. And sometimes we get to a place where that idea is so foreign to us, but when you can reinstigate that and perpetuate that, it really helps you reconnect with yourself and it helps you see what is so great about you and what is so valuable about you as well and something else that is a little bit more fun that you can do uh, to stop being so desperate is also writing affirmations about who you want to be and writing affirmations about your positive traits i have seen how big of a difference they've made in my own life and in my own perception of myself and you know they're so accessible you literally just have to write them down or say them out loud and that is free you don't have to go anywhere to do this you can do this in your own bed in the comfort of your own home but you know saying things um that help you build that self-worth is really important and one of my favorite affirmations is just i am worthy just saying that over and over again or writing that down over and over again um, meditating on that that's all really important because it helps you see that you do have value that you do have worth and whatever it is that you want to cultivate or develop that can be written into an affirmation so i've even said things like i am deserving of love i am capable of loving i am i am trusting um all these things are great ways to start to work on yourself and build these ideas up and again your brain just wants to be efficient right your brain wants to find what's familiar and it doesn't want to work that hard and so when you have these existing negative thoughts about yourself that you're not trustworthy or that you don't trust other people or that you have trust issues these can be things that we say over and over and over again and you begin to find that and see that in life over and over again you begin to see people not trusting you you begin to find reasons to not trust other people and it's just because again your brain wants to be as efficient as possible and prove that you are right and affirmations are one of the best ways to draw out what your current subconscious is telling you and make that a conscious idea that you are willing to work on and that you are willing to change and when you draw that from the subconscious to the conscious and it becomes something that you are telling yourself over and over again and that you're seeing eventually that's going to become your new way of thinking and when you allow yourself to open yourself up to that process you truly can make some major major changes and then one other thing that potentially is easier said than done is forgiving yourself for past mistakes so we have all made mistakes we've all done things that aren't great whether it is you know starting a rumor or talking about someone behind their back like these are things that are somewhat they're not good but they're things that everyone has done and when you start to forgive yourself for those past mistakes you're willing to turn a new leaf you're willing to give yourself a second chance and you know people really do the best that they can with what they have and when you operate on that mode of thought you could say okay i was in a bad place before this was the best that i can do and for me right now that's not good enough anymore so i know i can do better but i'm willing to forgive myself and if you do need to make amends if there is someone that you need to talk to or someone that you need to apologize to 
That can be difficult, but it's worth it to do if that's what it's going to take for you to turn over that new leaf. But if, you know, it just comes down to forgiving yourself and making yourself okay with those things, it's okay if you feel bad about them because that shows that you are growing. If that's not something that you would do now and you're embarrassed about it, that's a sign that you are developing and becoming a better person and that you are growing and working on yourself. And that's really the end point, right? So you can sit around and beat yourself up over things that have already happened over and over again, but then you're letting your current self and your present self off the hook. If you are just sitting here and, you know, reflecting on these bad things that you did before, you aren't giving yourself the chance and giving the world the opportunity to get to know the real you. And you're not giving yourself right now and your future self the opportunity to actually be a different person. You're just saying, oh, well, I did this and that was bad. And so I'm never going to let myself move forward from it and again that is actually the easier route it's easy to just give up on things because then you don't have to try but when you're willing to own up to something and to forgive yourself and to say that was an awful side of me that was an ugly side of me and I don't want to see that again then you are willing to do the harder work and to actually grow from it and develop from it and learn something from it and that's all we can do at the end of the day so just to recap all of these things will help you stop being so desperate and the reason is that you know when you are falling in love with yourself when you are setting your boundaries and when you are experimenting with new hobbies and new things that you love to do and when you're forgiving yourself you are able to cultivate that sense of self-love and when you are able to love yourself and heal those wounds and say maybe I didn't get what I should have gotten in childhood but now I'm willing to self-parent now I'm willing to give that love to myself now I'm willing to take the harder route and say that even though this isn't what I got out of life before I still deserve love I still deserve happiness I deserve peace when you are able to take all of those things you don't you're not so desperate for other people's love and other people's attention because you know what you're giving yourself that love and attention and again this isn't to cut anyone else off this isn't to say that you know you should be entirely self-sufficient and no one else's you know love or attention should matter but it's just that it's kind of filling that hole of desperation by saying okay I can build this foundation. I'm a little less desperate for that love and attention because I know that I I know that my next source of it is coming from myself. I don't need to go around swiping left and right for this next person that's going to make me feel a little bit better or distract me from myself. If you can, you know, take where you are right now and just build that self up from wherever you are, you will end up finding a person that matches that and reflects that and is the perfect person and not only will you find that person, but you'll be able to maintain that relationship with them because you have done the work with yourself to become the best possible partner that you can be. All right, well, I hope that you were able to learn something and realize how important it really is to develop your sense of self-worth before getting into a relationship or if you are in a relationship that it is still a good time to build and develop that sense of self-worth so that you can have the strongest relationship possible, not just romantically, but also with yourself. If you are interested on learning more on how to trust yourself, I actually have an entire online course on how to trust yourself, and that includes four group coaching sessions with myself so that we can address any questions that you might have or work through any hurdles that you're facing. I will leave all the details for that online course in the show notes. 
and I will also link my YouTube channel where you can watch any of the videos that I've mentioned in this podcast. As always, thank you so, so much for listening. I appreciate and love you. Happy healing!